great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, everybody? Thank you so much for hanging out all day long, waiting for this podcast. I begin text messages. Usually we put our preview show up on Friday, but I said it's a big night. It is a big game. The Bills are opening their home schedule against the Raiders, and we had to do this thing the right way right here at Wingnuts. I am here with the OGs, the creators of Wingnuts. Everybody standing in this place right now that's enjoying a chicken wing is here because of what you did all those years ago. Ed and Alicia, how are you tonight? We're doing good. Thank you very much. Um, before anything, I'd like to thank God for the success of Wingnuts. So big shout out to him. Uh, the, the next thing I'd like to tell you is this happened twice while Alicia and I were still working in our original building Boyfriend and girlfriend come in, they fall in love with the food, fall in love with each other, and ask me to do their wedding. I have married two sets of my customers. <laughs> and thank you, thank you very much. Usually, usually when I tell that story, the girls are like, oh, how romantic. And the guys are like, the wingnuts guys are going to marry us, yeah. <laughs> so I just thought that would be a good one to, to tell you folks tonight. How excited are you guys for the start of the season? You're geared up right now. Oh, yeah. We're ready? ready. We're ready. Where do you watch the game? Oh, we're probably going to be at home. Going to be at home? Yeah. You don't want to get too wild and crazy for the opener. Right. Exactly. I, don't wanna th I always throw things if things are going bad, so... She doesn't want people to see her throw things at the TV. That's okay. That's okay. There's a yeah, lot of I'm people. I'm not allowed like to that. watch football with people. That's awesome. All right, let's give it up for Ed and Alicia. Thank the you OGs. very much. Thank you. Starting us off as always. We appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. I'm gonna bring in uh, Ryan Talbot in the house right here. What's up, buddy? Hey, not too much. Excited to talk some uh, Bills and Raiders here. Less than 24 hours away. I always got to move the camera up for you because to get you into the frame because you're a little bit taller than me and I'm going to stand on my tippy toes so it doesn't look like I it's think, that serious. I think the hair makes it pretty close at the end of the day. Okay. All right. So we're live here inside Wingnuts Froth Brewing Company, 700 Military Road. We'll be here till 10 o'clock. So if you're listening to the podcast and you're like, hey, I want to go hang out with the guys, come on down. We'll talk about the Bills. We're going to get into this preview show, Bills versus Raiders. We are... A couple days removed from what I think a lot of people in here have been talking to me about, the disappointment of what they witnessed against the Jets. And I'm not super surprised. This is, this is a team over the last couple of years against the Jets that struggled. They obviously have a recipe for how to play against Josh Allen and this offense. But I think this is a much different game. This is a much different environment. I think Bills Mafia is going to be absolutely unglued tomorrow. And this is a... This is an advantageous matchup. I think this Raiders team, while solid, like I think they're a little bit better than people give them credit for, they're not going to come in here and put the kind of pressure that I think any team would have to do 
to be able to beat this Bills team tomorrow. With, I think the last time I checked, eight-point favorite. Yeah, I, I feel like it dropped down about a point and a half, Matt. But either way, I do feel like this is an advantageous matchup for the Bills. Both of the touchdowns last week scored by the Raiders were by Jacoby Myers. He has been ruled out for this game with the concussion. Uh, we, we have a story on the site about Chandler Jones, 112 sacks in his career, is not going to be playing for personal reasons. There's a bizarre back and forth going on with the Raiders organization. It really feels like this is a game where the Bills can kind of double Devontae Adams and then zero in on a guy like Josh Jacobs, who one of the best running backs in the league. But if that's your key focus, I think that this works out well for the Bills. You bring up Josh Jacobs, and let's stay there for a moment before we kind of move to the Bills when they ha- when their defense is on the field. And, you know, I went back and watched that uh, Raiders-Denver Broncos game, and I kind of came away with – couple of thoughts on Josh Jacobs. Number one, it looked like a player who missed most of the offseason for them, right? That that running game is not operating at the same level that it has in the past couple of seasons when Josh Jacobs is averaging six, seven yards a carry for spurts. Really good running back. I think that that offensive line left a little bit to be desired against a, a Denver defensive line that doesn't really scare anybody. They weren't really able to get a lot of push. Josh Jacobs ends up getting about 2.8 yards per carry, 49 yards for the game. So listen, it's Josh Jacobs. It's one of the better running backs in the, in the league. I think he can get going. The worry for the Bills or Bills fans is you got to eliminate the big runs. You you can't allow him to come in here and break off a 50, 60-yard run because a running back like that that does something like that, that's what could get him going and get things started for the season. And obviously last week we saw Brees Hall break off an 82-yard run. We saw some really good runs from a dynamic back like that. But you're right. Josh Jacobs missed a lot of time this offseason in a little bit of a contract dispute with the Raiders. And now you look at it in 2.8 yards per carry against the Broncos. I think that the Bills, though, can kind of stack the box. They can kind of challenge this uh, Raiders team to, to run the ball. And, and when they can stop it, put it on Jimmy Garoppolo to throw the ball. So I think the Bills are going to zero in on Josh Jacobs on Sunday. Uh, with with a focus of doing a better job stopping the run, unlike last week where Brees Hall had a lot of success. Um, thank you so much to everybody in the house coming out tonight uh, to check out a live episode of Shot. How are those chicken wings? They're pretty good? Great. How good are the chicken wings? Yeah, they're really good. I got a, a, a 20 piece here waiting for me after we get off the show. I didn't want to look bloated. You know, before we get on the show, because I can crush that whole thing right now. I'll give you a couple. We'll see. Um, we're out at Wingnut 700 Military Road in North Buffalo. He's Ryan Talbot. I'm Matt Perino. I want to get into some of the matchups to watch in this game because there's a couple interesting ones. And the one that I don't want to bring the level of, you know, the vibe down in here. A lot of Bills fans excited for this matchup. Max Crosby was an absolute terror for the Raiders last week. And there's a couple of Raiders fans in here, actually. Yeah, a couple. They got the black. They got the black and white going in the background. A lot of Bills fans look unhappy about that situation. But Max Crosby was really good last week against Mike McGlinchey, who is a top tier, or maybe that second tier of caliber right tackle in the league. He had his hands full. Max Crosby had six pressures in the game. If you're Spencer Brown, to me, that's where. If I'm the Raiders, I'm I'm looking to attack. That's a matchup that I feel like the Bills have to try to help Spencer Brown so that he's not overwhelmed with the caliber of player these fakes in Crosby. Yeah, you want to avoid one-on-one matchups where it's Max Crosby versus Spencer Brown. 
the, the Bills were predominantly in the 12 personnel last weekend or on Monday night. I think that's going to be the same case. I think you can have Dawson Knox helping out. Uh, I feel like James Cook has had a really nice offseason in terms of his blocking potential as well. But you don't want those one-on-one matchups when it's Spencer Brown versus Max Crosby. We've talked a lot about Brown. I feel like he actually had a pretty solid summary. He had one really bad training camp practice. But at the same time, we all saw in that Jets game uh, where he was kind of pushed back into Josh Allen's lap a few times. There's a lot of questions about it. That is certainly the most worrisome matchup, I would think, on paper for this uh, Bills team going into week two. The one good piece of news, though, from this perspective, is this isn't a Raiders defensive line or front that generates a lot of pressure outside of what Crosby brings. I mean, Crosby had more than the rest of the entire team combined in terms of pressure. So I think this is going to be a game where if you can game plan against Max Crosby and not take him out of the game, but at least have awareness for what he's bringing, they can have success in other places. I thought Russell Wilson did a really good job of reaching the back of his drop and then just moving a little bit, having that pocket presence that, you know, if Josh Allen could have that, it could be uh, a, a big day for him. Uh, a couple other things that I want to get to here. Where do you want to go next? I'll, I'll give you the floor for a moment. You, you know, I want to get into a key matchup here, and I think it comes down to the Bills' defensive line versus this Raiders' offensive line. While I thought there was something to be desired with the Raiders' run blocking, they did a really nice job of protecting Jimmy Garoppolo right. in week one. Zero sacks allowed. I think three quarterback hits. 2.77 seconds per pass attempt. He, he was just sitting back there. And, and again, yeah, it, it's no surprise he could kind of hold the ball a little bit, but he, he comes from that Patriots offense with years ago Tom Brady getting the ball out quickly. I, I look at this Bills team, and I'm looking at the edges. I'm looking at Greg Rousseau. I'm looking at Leonard Floyd, specifically Leonard Floyd. I thought Floyd could have had two and a half sacks last week. Uh, Makai Becton had a great holding penalty, and I, again, it sounds weird to say a great holding penalty, but he yanked back on Leonard Floyd when he came around the edge and was about to strip uh, the quarterback in that matchup, uh, Zach Wilson. So uh, I feel like this is another matchup where the Bills' ends have to show up. I've been really high on Russo all summer. I love what Leonard Floyd brings from that veteran perspective. They need to get that push off the edge to make Jimmy Garoppolo uncomfortable. If they can do that, I could see the Bills making some noise early in this game. I think the the brightest spot from that game, and we mentioned it on the show this week, was the play of that defensive line. Leonard Floyd, I saw some crazy tweet, or maybe it was a post on Facebook, and, and just public service announcement, stay off of Facebook. I mean, there's nothing good that comes of that. We post a lot of our articles in some of those groups, and some of the commentary on there is it's mind-numbing. But one of the comments was, Leonard Floyd greater than Von Miller. I don't know about that, but what I will say is the development of this defensive line, specifically Rousseau, the veteran presence of Shaq Lawson on that second wave, he had three pressures in his own right. The one guy that didn't have enough for me in that first game, and he didn't have a ton of uh, snaps, was A.J. Epinesa. I'm I'm watching this very closely because I think that there's a situation that we could see in the next couple of weeks where Epinesa maybe doesn't get a jersey and they go with a guy like Kingsley Jonathan. This is such an interesting conversation too, Ryan, because it's like, yeah, he wants to see Kingsley Jonathan. He's like, he's ready for him. Did you go to Syracuse? No, he didn't go to Syracuse, but he wants some Kingsley Jonathan. The thing I like about Kingsley Jonathan too is that he, to me, is the closest version outside of Leonard Floyd, because I think Floyd does have that bendability to what Von Miller brings. His ability to 
explode out of his stance, get on the tackle right away, and then bend on the outside. Jonathan can do that. They've tried to remake Epinesa's body. It just it, it hasn't worked that way. But this is a, a, a better offensive line, the Raiders. Not much, but better. They need to put pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo. You let him sit back there, and he could – you know, I don't want to say pick you apart. I think the Bills have a better secondary than, than the Broncos, but it's one of those matchups where you got to continue the success that you've already built in the first game. Yeah, and, and it's not all about sacks. It's about pressure. It's about hurries. And, you know, we've mentioned Leonard Floyd. We've mentioned Greg Rousseau, the possibility of a Kingsley Jonathan, who Sean McDermott raved about in terms of that never-stop motor. But Ed Oliver, too, deserves a lot of love for the way that he played against the Jets. Uh, five to six pressures in that game. Looked the part of a guy that just signed a massive contract extension. So it's going to be up to that front, though, to get after Garoppolo, make him a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, and if you can't get after him, get your hands up. Get into those passing lanes, deflect a pass, and good things can happen. But uh, I think that in the trenches, a, a lot can be determined in the outcome of this game based on how well the Bills' defensive line plays. If you want to play well on game day, you got to gear up for game day, and you do that with Tops right now. Now through October 28th, every time you use your Tops Bonus Plus card to purchase participating brands like Pepsi, Campbell's, Smithfield, and so many more, you're automatically entered for a chance to win hot prizes to elevate your food game. You might also win a jersey every time Buffalo scores a touchdown. For complete details, visit topsmarkets.com slash redzone. Um, let's talk about this Bills offense for a moment. We, we obviously mentioned the, the matchup against their defensive line, which is one that we're going to be paying attention to. But who do you feel like are the weapons that can have a big game in this one? I think Stefan Diggs, obviously, uh, it, we don't even have to talk much about him. He's going to come in, probably have the same kind of impact on this game that he had a week ago. But where does it go from there? Because the Bills really spread things around. You know, Gabe Davis had four uh, uh, targets. Dalton Kincaid four targets, Dawson Knox. Could this be the Dalton Kincaid game where we see maybe a little bit more work in the short and intermediate area, middle of the field, some of those out patterns as well? I love what I saw from Dalton Kincaid in his debut. Four targets, four catches, 29 yards, lowering the shoulder, getting after those defensive backs. Uh, you know, it, it's not just Kincaid to me, though. I think this is where, after Stefan Diggs, obviously, I think maybe the Bills' tight ends both Kincaid and Dawson Knox factor into this game. My bold prediction is Buffalo's tight ends have two touchdowns in this game. So maybe it's two for Kincaid, maybe it's two for Knox, maybe it's one each. I think the tight ends, though, after Dawson, or I'm sorry, after Stefan Diggs, is where they really kind of target this team. The 12 personnel, the talent that you have there, I think that Josh Allen really does need to zero in on those weapons a little bit more. I don't care what Josh Allen or Ken Dorsey say. They're never going to stop him from being the runner that he is. I still think he could probably have seven or eight carries in this game. But I'm looking at James Cook. Like, if you go back and watch the Denver Broncos last week, Javante Williams had a couple really nice runs. And to me, that's what can ultimately truly unlock this passing game. If you can get James Cook, maybe a little bit more Damian Harris from in between the 20s, you know? Like, they love him in the red zone. And I think they should utilize him in the red zone. They, you used a little bit of uh, Latavius Murray uh, in uh, on one series last week. I'd like to see a little bit more of Damian Harris if James Cook isn't able to kind of sustain some of those early runs. The, the big difference between Murray and Harris and Cook for me is their ability to hit the hole immediately. Like, I think Cook is a little bit more, I don't know, he's, he's young, he's talented, he's got so much athleticism that I think it reminds me of 
Marshawn Lynch in a way because he doesn't dance as much as Lynch, but he has this hesitation. Where against this defense, Josh Jacobs just hit the hole immediately, or uh, Javante Williams, and he's looking at eight, nine-yard gains. If you do that on first down, this week, Ken Dorsey and Josh Allen talked a lot about avoiding the third and seven plus, and that could put their offense in good situations. Yeah, it was a very small sample size, but I like what I saw from Latavius Murray in terms of knowing where to go with the ball after take, you know, one was off of a pitch catch from Josh Allen, but then the carry, he gained some good yards. He was aggressive between the tackles. For me, though, it's not necessarily the running backs, Matt. It's the run blocking in front of them. Last week, Osiris Torrance did a great job in terms of run blocking, and I thought the remain the remaining offensive linemen left a little bit to be desired, left a lot on the bone, so to speak. Uh, Deion Dawkins was fine. Morse had his moments, but there weren't a lot of lanes necessarily for James Cook or Damian Harris. Uh, you're hoping that as this O-line gels this year, especially with two new guards, that they get better in that regard, but... Uh, I am excited to see how the Bills divvy up the running, uh, the carries tomorrow. I want to see James Cook, though, always in that 10 to 12 carry range, doubling his totals from last year. We uh, have at least three shout uh, Buffalo Bills text insiders in the house tonight. We launched this thing back at training camp, and it has been awesome. It's given us the ability to reach some of the people that have watched Shout for the last three or four years in a one-on-two kind of way and it's been really awesome and, and right now the shout text line is brought to you by carrie c buyer attorney with the law offices of francis m Leitro, located at 237 main street in buffalo new york if you or someone you know is seriously injured give him a call at 716-852-1234 or check out leitrolaw.com all right i want to go somewhere else i spent a little bit of time on friday in the locker room and listen Wednesday and Thursday, we got a chance to talk to Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs. Uh, there was only a couple of us in the locker room on Friday, which tends to happen on a game week. If you're able to talk and do, your, do enough work the first two days, you don't have to show up on Friday. But I did, and I spent a little time at the locker of Terrell Bernard. And I asked him to give me his review of the first game. And direct quote, he said it was decent, right? Like, it wasn't too great. It wasn't too bad. But I have noticed a lot of Bills fans that have been a little bit underwhelmed with his first performance. But I think you have to keep in perspective what he was dealing with in that game. Not having any live in-game reps throughout the preseason, that was his preseason. He got four quarters to kind of see what it was like. And I thought it was also interesting that by the fourth quarter, he looked a lot better than when it started. And Ryan, he told me there were nerves leading up to the start of the game. And then in the game, there was a lot on his plate to be calling the defense. It was a, a lucky matchup against Zach Wilson and that Jets team in the first week. It's going to get tougher this week. Jay, Jimmy Garoppolo is a veteran. They got Devontae Adams. There's weapons. But I'm higher than I think on Terrell Bernard the most, and you're somebody that still has your concerns. Yeah, so we, we just talked about Josh Jacobs, a, a veteran in this league who struggled after missing most of the summer, most of a, a lot of these reps. So when you have a young guy like Terrell Bernard playing linebacker and you miss the entire preseason after suffering a hamstring injury late at training camp, it's no surprise that he started out a little bit slow. He, my biggest concern with him is obviously his size, Matt. He got swallowed up at times by Makai Becton, but you're right. In the second half, the third quarter, the fourth quarter, he was still flying around on that field. He was making good plays, uh, getting in on some tackles. So now that he has those nerves out, now that he played over the course of four quarters, 
I want to see what it looks like here in week two against the Raiders. Uh, you you want to give him a little bit of rope before you start calling on a guy like Christian Kirksey, for instance, or elevating him up. But when, when it comes to Bernard, I, I like the way he finished. There was a lot to be desired with early on. But again, it's not always how you start. It's how you finish. And I like how that worked out for Bernard in week one. You know, Christian Benford had himself a really good game to come out of the gates. I think he's going to, you know, probably have some stats against Devontae Adams unless they want Trey White to travel with Adams. I think Myers not being available in this game is a huge storyline for the Raiders because that offense just looked a little bit tougher to deal with when you have two options. You want to take Devontae Adams out of the game. Myers is a guy that's caught a lot of touchdowns in this past. He's, he's very familiar with um, uh, McDaniels. Yeah. He's not going to be available. So you look at guys like Hunter Renfro. And I, and I just think that this Bills defense, especially the secondary, they're built to deal with an offense like this. One matchup I'm watching in particular, I thought that um, the safety working against the Raiders, I can't remember exactly who it was. might have been the nickel cornerback. I think this is a big game for Jordan Poyer. There was, there's been kind of a little bit of a noise about Jordan Poyer losing a step, right? We saw a little bit of the preseason. It wasn't a great game for him uh, in the opener against the Jets. This is the kind of game where I think his physicality in the box, his willingness to get up in there, make things dirty, especially against the run. I'm looking at him to kind of set the tone for that back seven, along with like a Matt Milano. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really interested to see how the Bills play this offense because you mentioned it. Jacoby Myers, who knows the system so well, has already been ruled out. You have Devontae Adams, who is a top two, top three receiver in this league. Do you double him? Do, how do you play against a guy like that? Do you give that safety help? And if you do that, then you have guys like Renfro to worry about. But it's a good opportunity for Poirier to bounce back. And, you know, you're right. Social media, he looked a step slow. That was the big talk there. Uh, they said that about Trey White. I'm really interested, though, to see how this secondary plays because you mentioned Benford. I was really blown away with Benford's play last week. I love the fact that the Bills gave him 100% of the snaps. They didn't do some kind of cute rotation with Dane Jackson getting mixed in. They let their young guy play. So I think that this secondary is better matched against this Raiders offense, especially with Myers out of the equation. But they do need to step up, especially when it comes to Poyer, who took a bad angle on in some plays, couldn't catch up to some players in week one. I think this is an effort, though, where maybe he shows up in a big-time way. All right, let's, we're going to get into our pick here in a moment and talk a little bit about that. But I want to spend a few moments here on Josh Allen because – there was a lot of people on the national scene jumping off the Josh Allen bandwagon after week one. And we actually got an insider text that maybe we were a little bit too critical of Josh Allen in week one. But I think I want to explain to fans that there's a level of expectation when you're an elite quarterback to go into a, a road situation. Bye, guys. Love you. My little kitties. Got to get home. School started, right? We got, this, this is getting a little late. We're almost at 8 o'clock. Let's get those kids to bed. Thanks, babe. Um, I know, and, and people want to hear her Josh Allen take. We'll have to save that for next week. Um, a lot of national heat on Josh Allen, and I think the expectation should be against the Jets, knowing what the Jets have done against this offense in the class, to play smart, to play situational football, to not put the ball in jeopardy, as Sean McDermott has said countless times. And we're going we're gonna to get on him for that. But here's the thing that Josh Allen has done a really good job over the course of his career. Screwing up in a big way on a big stage. He's done it multiple times over his career. 
What does he usually do the next week or a few weeks later? Bounces back. Bounces in a big back time in way. a big time way. Yeah. So that's what I'm anticipating in this game. The Bills under Sean McDermott with Josh Allen at quarterback generally respond well to losses. They significantly more wins than losses over that span of time. Josh Allen. I feel like the Jets defense, the way they built this roster, it was to kind of combat Allen specifically. It's what the Browns do with the Bengals and why Joe Burrow had such a bad game in week one. It's why Josh Allen struggles at times against the Jets. This Raiders team isn't built to stop Josh Allen. Maybe they try to build themselves up to stop him Mahomes. But Allen is going to have more opportunities this week. And based on his history, I'm expecting a really nice performance from him. I would not be surprised if it was a multiple touchdown game for Allen. One of the things I've talked about on a couple radio shows this week is just like the mindset of Josh Allen on the sideline when things are going bad. Like, I don't really mind the turnovers. Like, I think we've established at this point in his career, there's a, ver- there's a wide variance in the kind of production that you're going to get from him. At times, he takes a lot of chances. He's a really good player with a massive ceiling. And when you have that kind of ability, there's a bit of hubris that comes along with your game. And I think a lot of Bills fans don't want to don't want that to be coached out of him. Don't he they don't want him to take that part about out of him. The part that I think he needs to, as Dan Orlovsky put it this week, grow up, where I want to see the most growth from Josh Allen is when you're in the middle of the fire and everything's going wrong and you're the reason for it. You can't tell by looking at your face on the sideline on the CBS broadcast. Because you're already on the next play and trying to figure out how to get yourself out of it. He had kind of a deer in the headlights look on the sideline. He had it post game. That's the kind of stuff. If I'm Ken Dorsey, we got to find a way to navigate through these problems without the the dreary downs that he seems to have in his game. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, to use a, a boxing term, you don't always have to go for the knockout punch. Sometimes a jab is pretty effective. And early in that game against the Jets. Those short passes were working to James Cook, to Dolan Kincaid. And it wasn't putting up a ton of points on the board, but the Bills were protecting the ball. And if they couldn't get up points, they were punting the ball. Once he started putting the ball at risk, that's when the Jets all of a sudden got into the game. That's when they took the lead late. And you're right. Off on the sidelines, he wore his emotions on his face. You could see that it was a deer in a headlights look. He was a, he was very concerned and and. Stefan Diggs tried to snap him out of it at times, and it just didn't happen for whatever reason. So I do want to see how he bounces back this week. Does he run into any kind of problems? And if so, how does he bounce back from said problems? All right, everybody. 30-minute preview pod, almost in the books, but we got to get to the uh, main event here. It's prediction time. How do you see this one going? I think last time I checked, the Bills are an eight-point favorite at home against the Raiders. What's your pick? I have the Bills winning this one by more than two scores, Matt. I really feel like they match up well with the Raiders. Uh, I like how they've bounced back over the history. I have the Bills kind of taking that bad taste out of their mouth and the mouth of the Bills Mafia. 38-17, Bills win. Wow. Wow. I hope they don't throw anything at me. They might not like this next part. I'm just kidding. The Bills win 31-17 for me. Listen, when you have a performance like that on Monday Night Football, you know, a lot of teams in this league, that can lead to a couple bad performances. I like everything that we heard from Josh Allen, and he had kind of like this 
jovial vibe to himself on Wednesday. Like, listen, I'm going to play long enough in this league probably where this is going to happen again. YOLO, I'm going to throw three interceptions and I'm going to come back the next week and be Josh Allen again. And that's what I'm expecting. I really like Stefan Diggs in this matchup. Marcus Peters, listen, <laughs> coming off a bad injury, I'm not a big fan of the player to begin with. I think Stefan Diggs had a lot of success against him over the years. A little bit, the bark is worth, worse than the bite at this stage in his career. And I just don't think that they have the horses up front to put the kind of pressure on this Bills offensive line and Josh Allen. Bills win this one 31-17, and I can't wait to get out there. My favorite part about the home opener is at about 7.45 a.m. tomorrow. You better make sure your ass is up and ready to go. My alarm goes off at 5 a.m., Matt. Listen, I'd be lying if I said that I'm always on time. I, I think I – Joel, quiet. Wow. Quiet back there, Joel. All right? They heard you all the way at the back of the bar, Joel, okay? As Ryan is swearing to Joel, his wife, in the morning, as I say, I'll be there in five minutes, and I show up in about 30 minutes. But I'm picking you up in the morning. We're going to drive over to the stadium. But my favorite part is walking through the tailgate, checking out just Buffalo basking in who it is. Like, this is, to me, the opener with the weather, the, the, the smells, the food, everybody in their jerseys ready to go. Like, I love it, man. Like, this is, it's football season. Yeah, no better time than these early September games. You still have beautiful weather here. The Bills Mafia, the tailgates are probably already going on in some parts. Uh, but tomorrow morning, they will be there nice and early, Matt. So we have a huge shout fan. Check this out, everybody. This is one of the coolest things ever. Uh, we met Gary earlier tonight, uh, and he came up. Let's give it up to Gary real quick. There he is right here. He presented Ryan and I with a painting that he did for us. Uh, it's going to go in either my studio or Ryan's, and maybe we'll take turns. It is King Kong on the top of, what's the building again, Gary? The Roth building. And he's got a, a pack of chicken wings in his hand. Check that out. And that air fighter jet that's out in the distance, it's firing off blue cheese. Check that out. Pretty much the coolest thing ever. Gary, man, you are awesome. Thank you so much, my friend. We are going to cherish it for sure. Listen, the shout, the shout squad, as I like to call them, insiders or otherwise, uh, they made our time covering this team so amazing. This might be the best turnout that we've had for the live shows yet, and we're just getting started every single month. At Wingnuts, we are going to bring Shout live to you. Bills versus Raiders coverage tomorrow. Find us on social media and post game on Shout, as always. For Ryan, I'm Matt. See you tomorrow, everybody. One more sleep. Take care.